Hey everyone, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. So, a little bit ago we wrapped up this Reboot Resume launch. It's a new course that we offered here at Brightline Eating and there were three videos that got released and then a fourth video that explained the course. And there were comment feeds below the videos and this woman commented, we got thousands of comments, 99% um, of them so amazing, sweet, um, people saying how much the videos helped them and so forth. And then, you know, not all comments are great, right? So um, there was this comment that came in below the third video that I just want to read. Um, and I'll read my response and then I just wanted to talk about it a little bit in this vlog. So um, this was a comment from Josie, J-O-S-E-Y-R-N. So I don't know if that means she's a nurse or those are her last initials or what, but the comment was this. Susan, you should be ashamed of yourself. How dare you charge people for this resume course after they paid for the boot camp and Bright Lifers? Admit that there was a flaw to your original plans and that you knew there would be falling off. Give this to us for free so we can succeed as you promised in your other programs. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. So I wrote back underneath that comment, hey Josie, this is a really important point. That if I knew at the outset that there would be some people who would not be 100% successful with the boot camp, how could I possibly be in integrity offering the course in the first place? And how dare I now offer a course on resuming and charge for it? Can you hop on a Facebook Live over the next week? I'll be doing lots of them and ask your question there so everyone can hear. Uh, I look forward to this discussion. It's an important one. With so much love, Susan. So Josie didn't ever hop on a Facebook Live, but um, I've been thinking about her question, her point, really, her comment, and I thought I'd shoot a vlog on it. Um, and I just want to acknowledge that this is like, <laughs> this is me stepping onto the little branches, right? Like out onto the little branches. I'm gonna talk about two things. I'm gonna talk about finances and I'm gonna talk about recidivism in the weight loss world. Okay, um, so I feel like underneath Josie's comment, like you should be ashamed of yourself, um, give this to us for free. Um, I feel like there's sort of a, an underlying um, sort of, she doesn't say this explicitly, but like you're greedy, right? Like she does say, how dare you, right? And um, I get this from time to time. As a matter of fact, I spent like an hour on the phone a couple weeks ago talking with someone um, who basically did say, like balls out just did say, Susan, you're greedy. I think you're greedy. Um, and you know what I said to her was, um, I think about that a lot. Like, how would I know if I was greedy? I feel like I would be the last one to know. Um, that's the thing about blind spots is that they're blind, right? Like you don't know what you don't know. 
Um, I think it's interesting, um, like the request that the courses that we offer here at Brightline Eating be given for free. Because to me, psychologically, when I really unpack it, it means to me that um, you see me as a friend. Because like, if you were asking for a ride to the airport from your friend, and your friend was like, well, it's going to take some gas and some wear and tear on my car and some time that I could be doing other stuff. So you're like, yeah, I'll give you a ride to the airport. But like, would you give me 50 bucks? You'd be like, you're not a very good friend. Like, that sucks. I'll ask someone else, right? But at the same time, you'd hop in a taxi and give the taxi driver 50 bucks and not think anything of it, right? And not feel like they were greedy for like charging you for that ride to the airport because that's their profession, right? Like they're working. Um, so I feel like one of the things I do here, like in these vlogs and in the videos I shoot, I bear my soul, I talk about my marriage, I talk about the food I eat. You know, I talk about like all kinds of intimate things. I talk about my kids um, and it creates this bond, right? And then, um, it can feel like really insulting that there's like an investment associated with the courses that we offer. Like, I don't know that Josie would ask the 30 people on staff at Brightline Eating, you know, hey, you working technical customer support, you know, I think you should do that, you know, full time for free. Hey, you you know, rendering and uploading videos. I think you should do that full time for free. But like with me, there's a sense of friendship, right? And um, I have to say that I kind of get that. Like I hold myself, I think, to a different standard also because I think of this as, um, as a mission, not as a profession, really, right? So I do actually look at um, my stewardship, I guess, of the Bright Line Eating movement and um, hold myself to a different standard than I think um, most people who own a business would. Like, to me, it doesn't feel okay if I'm prioritizing um, my financial well-being over the reach and impact that this movement could have. So like when resources come in, what I do with them first is hire more people to serve more people. Um, I think um, I'm way more <laughs> willing to be candid about finances than my husband is, is like comfortable with. Um, you know, I look at the debts that we haven't paid off and the, you know, whatever. Um, but ultimately, there's going to be a separation, right, between what you know about what's going on on the back end and um, and the information that would help you decide whether I'm greedy or not, right? Um, and you know, at the end of the day, I think there's a lot of faith that goes into like, how, like, how would you know, right? How would I know if I'm greedy? And how would you know if I'm greedy? 
<laughs> I guess there's no one here. Who knows? Um, the other topic of like, you're offering a course for people to get back on the wagon, right? And like, how, um, uh, what's the word? Like, isn't that admitting that the boot camp is a failure, right? I remember when I got sober, I didn't go to rehab, but I got sober with a lot of people who went to rehab. And they came out of rehab talking about how they'd been scared in rehab by these statistics. Like they'd been sitting in rehab and their counselor had said to the group, like, look to your right, look to your left. There's three of you, you and them and them. Two out of three of you will not be here in 28 days, you know? Um, and a year from now, only 5% of the people sitting in this room will still be sober. And, you know, they talked about these statistics, right? Um, in Brightline Eating, we reach, not exclusively, but primarily, our data shows, food addicts. Like people who are really addicted to um, these fake foods that are being peddled in our food supply as food. They're not really food. They're edible, but they're not really food. And um, I've shared with you in previous vlogs the research that shows that cocaine is, you know, somewhere between as addictive as cocaine and heroin and up to maybe eight times as addictive as cocaine and heroin. Um, certainly more addictive than nicotine, like by far. Certainly more addictive than alcohol, by far. Um, and there is no treatment for any addiction that I'm aware of that has a 100% success record with all the people that try to kick the habit, right? Like not even close. Uh, as a matter of fact, success rates are really, really small for addiction. And it's one of the heartbreaking things about addiction is that it's just really hard to overcome addictions. And food is probably the hardest. Um, because of the strength of the addiction and the um, ubiquitousness of the cues that trigger people to consume and the social pressure to consume. You put those things together and you get um, something that's like, it's, it feels almost unbreakable, right? Um, so when I talk about bright line eating, helping people get happy, thin and free and like outrageous success rates, you know, we put out this um, white paper that showed you know, our success rates, like um, if you look at bright line eating success compared to published statistics from this 2015 American Journal of Public Health article, um, if you look at women who are obese um, and the odds of them being at a normal BMI in one year, the published rates are 1 in 282. That's any class of obesity, class 1, class 2, class 3, which means a BMI of um, just 30 or above. And 1 in 282, it's pretty low. Bright line eating across all classes of obesity uh, in women has a 1 in 5 uh, rate of getting women to a normal BMI within one year. So it's 55 times better, right? And I tout that a lot, 55 times better. But we're still talking one in five, right? Now, if you look at the other four out of five, 
Um, some of them dropped out altogether. Some of them um, lost some weight, but not all the way down to goal weight. Some of them lost a bunch of weight and then gained some back and then hovered. Some lost all their weight and gained it all back, right? Um, lots of things happened in that four out of five. So um, there's this reality that in our current food environment, people's willingness or interest or availability, psychologically speaking, commitment to do this bright line eating thing um, is gonna wax and wane sometimes, right? Like they sort of come in eager, excited, lose some weight, life shows up, holidays show up, circumstances change, or just like this overconfidence bias kicks in, right? Like you lose some weight, starts to feel really easy. I do jumping jacks and I warn people like, don't get complacent, you know? The boot camp ends, join Bright Lifers. And maybe they're thinking, yeah, but you got a vested interest in making me, you know, join Bright Lifers. Like, I feel good now, I got this, right? And I'm like, careful, you know, there's a cliff over there. And people do what they're gonna do, right? Like some people stay sort of with that level of um, appropriate fear and like vigilance and they stay happy, thin and free, you know? And other people still have some research to do or, you know, there's so many different varieties of like um, off ramps, basically like bright line eating is the highway. There's a lot of off ramps and people take all kinds of different off ramps. Um, so I think it's actually really important to offer a course that is an explicit re on ramp from those various off ramps. And, you know, as for whether I should be ashamed of myself for doing so, one of the things that gives me comfort, you know, ultimately this is like, can I sleep at night, right? Can, like, how do I feel in my skin doing bright line eating the way I do it, offering what I offer at the price points that I offer them? And one of the things I look at is, how do I feel about the value that someone receives when they sign up for one of our courses, right? Um, assuming they give a modest effort, you know, maybe not a like dot every I, cross every T effort, but like they show up and they pretty much kind of do it, you know? Um, I feel freaking awesome about the value that someone gets from a Bright Line Eating course. And I also feel pretty freaking good that like if someone wants to re-sign up for a course they've already paid for, they get 60% off the top. Just saying, go look around to other weight loss programs and see what they charge. If you don't show up for it or gain back all your weight or decide you wanna do it again, see if you get a discount to sign back up in a year or two or five or 10. It's full price, baby. And as a matter of fact, the business model is built on that, like that you will fall off and come back and sign up again. And Psychologically speaking, I don't feel comfortable with that business model. Like, so even though it is true that I know that 
there will be a lot of people who sign up for the Brightline Eating Bootcamp who aren't successful. I also know there's a lot of reasons for that, right? Some will be, the percentage that will be is way freaking higher than with other programs. We've got data showing that two years out, 85% of people are still maintaining a, a clinically significant health-inducing, uh, health-promoting weight loss, 85%. Crazy stats, nobody's got stats like that. Um, but I know a lot of those people aren't as thin as they wish they were, you know? Um, yeah, they got a clinically significant weight loss, but like, you know, they're not rocking the size four jeans and they wish they were and they're gonna, you know, keep at it. I guess the, the bottom line is this stuff is messy. The finances are messy. Psychologically speaking, like, yeah, this issue of greed, I don't know, you know? The recidivism issue is messy. There's all kinds of reasons why people take those off ramps. Some of them are within our control, most of them are not. You know, most of them have to do, honestly, with this food environment we live in, that I got no say over, you got no say over, and we're just doing the best we can in this crazy environment. So Josie, thanks for raising the edgy topic. I don't shy away from those. I like the edgy topics. Um, I feel like this vlog was a little rambly. I don't really know um, how to make these things lie flat with no wrinkles, you know? Like it's really nice to, draw, to try to draw like the caricature in the textbook and say, here's bright line eating, you know, the successful way to lose weight. Yeah, and our marketing sometimes bills it as that. For some people, it's exactly true, you know? The truth is always a little more messy. So, that's the weekly vlog. I'll see you next week.